presents Into the West, old-time radio westerns that share the stories of the men and women who claimed the West, the cowboys and ranchers, the gunslingers and gamblers, the lawmen and the lawbreakers. These are the tales of the frontier of the intrepid pioneers who ventured into the West. Frontier Fighters! Frontier Fighters, following the immortal trailblazers into the wilderness of early Western America. Among these pathfinders, none has a more secure place in history than John Charles Fremont, scientist, soldier, and explorer. In 1841, Fremont, then a junior lieutenant in the Army, married Jessie Benton, a senator's daughter. <laughs> Isn't it glorious? What's glorious? The weather, the spring flowers, or you, my love? <laughs> Neither, you silly goose. I mean, I'm being married, of course. Darling, I have something to tell you. Not distressing, I hope, John, dear. Depends on how you look at it. You're a soldier's bride, remember, so keep that pretty chin up. I'll be brave. Tell me. The Secretary of War has issued orders that I'm to explore the western country between the Missouri River and the Rocky Mountains. But you've only just returned from one expedition. I'll speak to Father. He's a senator, you know. It'll do you no good. The purpose of this expedition is more than exploration. It has an international aspect. International? Yes. I'm to aid the emigrant movement to Oregon, and in so doing, circumvent probable British control of that territory. When Fremont returned to Washington from his first western exploration, he was immediately ordered to return to the Rockies to make a more thorough and a more scientific survey of the interior wilderness and to coordinate his maps with those of the Pacific Slope. May 29, 1843. Some of Fremont's company of adventurers are examining a squat brass cylinder in one of the mule carts in the little town of Kansas on the Missouri frontier. Fitzpatrick, you're a mountain man who's seen everything, but did you ever see the like of this? Well, I'll sworn, Talbot. What is it? Uh, I ain't got no idea. <laughs> I never saw anything like it before. Here comes Maxwell. Uh, let's see if he knows what it is. Maxwell, what do you see in this cart here? The loaders must have made a mistake. That don't belong to us. Give me a hand, boys, and we'll heave it out. Yeah. All together now, boys. One, two, 
Months later, at a small Mexican settlement on the Arkansas River. When we get to St. Brains, Patrick, the party will divide. You go direct to Fort Hall while I'll take the longer route to Green River. Yes, sir. Look, Captain, coming up the hill. Yeah, I've been watching him. Probably a curious Mexican. Oh, that's no Mexican. That's our new guide into the Rockies. Gentlemen, a cannon salute to the greatest frontiersman of us all, Kit Carson. <laughs> With the famous Kit Carson as his personal guide, Fremont and his men plodded 300 miles through a region never before trod by white feet. Salt Lake was Fremont's immediate objective, which he was the first to explore. One day in a collapsible boat. Kelvin, are not these waters sublime after being so long shut in by those mountain walls? Yes, sir. But I'd rather be exploring the shores with Kit Carson instead of riding around on this wobbly crap. Bruce? What do you think of all this blue liquid beauty? I see no beauty. Only black storm clouds and sure disaster unless we get a shore creek. <laughs> That's a scientist in you, Bruce. No poetry, no soul, only cold logic. There's no poetry in a heavy storm, Herr Freeman, in the middle of this inland sea in a leaky boat. Yeah. I don't like those clouds either, Commander, and we're several miles from shore. Oop. Here's the storm. Quick, Herr Freeman. Back to land. Uh, easy now. No panic. Every man take an oar. Yes, sir. Bruce, yes. you bail. Yes, sir. I'll set the stroke. Ready? One, two. Yeah. One, two. One, two. One, two. Don't upset the craft, Bruce. Bail. Bail. It comes in faster than I can feel. Getting darker, too, every minute. Uh, you help Bruce, Dallas. Yes, sir. Uh, faster now with a stroke. One, two. One, two. One, two. We'll never make it here, Freeman. The water's over my ankles already. Nonsense, Bruce. We'll be very close to shore now. You better. I smell land. Land, yes. And here we are. Still feel poetic, Herr Freeman? <laughs> yes, Bruce. Bless your logical German heart. Just listen to the heavenly poetry in that thunder and those falling raindrops. When the expedition reached the Columbia River, Fremont left his men, half-starved, to personally request supplies from the Hudson Bay Company's trading post at Fort Vancouver. In Dr. John McLaughlin, the factor, Fremont meets a kindred spirit. Welcome to Fort Vancouver, Fremont. I'm delighted to see you again, Doctor. Ah, but it's good to get out of the wilderness, even for a few days. I agree with you. Can I be of any help? I need supplies, food, for three months. And you shall have them. Never in the honorable history of the Hudson Bay Company has it refused food or shelter to any man. Shortly after midnight, November 25th, 1843, Sierra Nevada, 
The stars are brilliant and the weather bitterly cold. Men, we have two objectives. A mysterious Mary's Lake and an unknown stream called the Buenaventura River, which is supposed to flow from Salt Lake to San Francisco Bay. To discover these places will be a difficult task and may cost us our lives. Anyone wish to remain here until spring? No! Very well. It's almost one o'clock, so forward. December 16th, after a difficult and heartbreaking passage over the mountains, Fremont stood on top of the sheer eastern wall of the Sierra Nevadas, looking out over the vast floor of the Great Basin, many hundred feet below. Kid Carson, did you ever see anything more beautiful? Captain Fremont, Bruce was right. Right? What do you mean, Kid? Captain, you may be a soldier by profession, an engineer by training, and an explorer by order of the Secretary of War. Captain Fremont, you're a poet at heart. Nonsense. Then who could see anything pretty in that sandy, wind-blown devil's dance hall down there below with a poet like yourself? Frostbitten, their eyeballs seared by the snow-reflected rays of the brilliant cold winter sun. The Fremont party labored mightily, facing death at every turn as it made its slow descent to the level of the basin. Christmas Day, 1843. Uh, uh, I'm all tuckered up, Captain. Then get into one of the carts, Talbot. Oh, no, no. Mules got all they can do now. Uh, Bruce. Bruce. Yes, 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 here, here. We'll make a halt soon. Ah, yes, mine here. To celebrate Christmas, yes. Want to sing songs. Yeah, you can sing if you're strong enough. But when we stop, we'll throw out that cannon so Talbot can ride. No, 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 Captain Fremont. I, I'm all right now. Just a blister on my foot. Uh, we'll sing you a bit, but, but let's keep the cannon. Let, let's keep the cannon. New Year's Day was even more gloomy than Christmas. All hope of discovering Mary's Lake and the Buenaventura River gone, Fremont's only course was to continue down the east side of the Sierra Nevadas keeping close to the base of the mountains. Half-starved, nearly naked, foot-sore and weary, but unshaken in its faith in its great leader, the party reached an Indian village at Pyramid Lake, where the men dropped in their tracks, exhausted. Look here, Fremont! A savage comes! I see him, Bruce. Help me to my feet, Fitzpatrick. It's a chief. And redskin chiefs require a dignified reception. Welcome, oh my white brother. Thank you, Red Dweller along the water. My white brother look weak. They need food. Yes, oh, Red Chief. Our fare has been meager. The trail has been long and wearisome. My braves are in their canoe on the lake. Soon they bring fish. Fish? I could eat a trout raw. Head, tails, fin, and skin. Our great white father's blessing on you, my Red Brother. And on your braves who bring us sorely needed food. To save the expedition from total annihilation, Fremont determined to recross the mountains and to explore California, which many said should now be taken from Mexico. Up, up, up into the pathless, limitless mountains climbed the heroic party. 
The nights were too cold for sleep. In places, the snow was 20 feet deep. On February 13th, 1844, Fremont's pet dog was killed for food. On February 21st, the company reached the summit of the Sierra to look down on a scene of exquisite natural beauty. In the distance shimmered San Francisco Bay. There, Captain Fremont, is Mexico. Mexico? Oh, yes, I'd almost forgotten. Upper California was a Mexican province. What, what do you mean, Captain, was a Mexican province? I have a premonition, Fitzpatrick. That poet again. Every time he sees a fine view, our gallant leader becomes a poet. Gentlemen, I have a feeling that the United States of America will soon welcome into the folds of the Stars and Stripes our new territory, California. Because John Charles Fremont brought boundless enthusiasm, patriotism, vivid imagination, scientific skill and valor to his task as explorer, his place in American history is permanent and secure. Thus closes another inspiring chapter in the lives of those frontier fighters who, with their brains, their brawn, and oft-times their very blood, thrust America's boundaries ever westward toward the setting sun. Frontier Fighters, dramatically treading the wilderness paths of that deathless band of inspired pioneers who gave America an empire. One of the most noted of all frontiersmen was Christopher Carson, Kit Carson, wise of counsel, strong of arm, brave of heart, and gentle of nature. September 1826, Franklin, Missouri, on the western frontier. Beyond it lay the great plains of the savage redskin and the shaggy buffalo, a mysterious and uninhabited wilderness of prairie, desert, and forest into which brave men journeyed in search of adventure and fortune. Kit Carson, you dreamy scamp. Now you quit watching them wagon trains and get to work. Yes, sir, but Mr. Workman, I, I wasn't meant to be a harness maker. You're only 16 years old, Kit, and you're my apprentice. Now you'll either stop dreaming about Santa Fe and be a harness maker, or I'll take this strap and larrup you good. You don't have to do that, Mr. Workman. 
I'll work hard today, because those wagon trains out there badly need what we're making. But someday, I'll join one of those caravans and go to Santa Fe, too. Just before dawn, one autumn morning, Kit steals out of the little town of Franklin to the open prairie, where a caravan of covered wagons is waiting for the sunrise. Here, lad, what are you up to? I... I'm looking for the wagon master, sir. Well, that's me. What do you want? I want to go to Santa Fe. <laughs> Santa Fe. Why, lad, the engines will eat you alive. Boot, pants, and buckskin shirt. I can ride, sir, and shoot, too. And I'm not afraid of engines, either. Mm-hmm. Well, I could use a hand to keep the extra stock from straying. You know, horses, mules, and oxen. You think you could do it? Shucks, sir. That'll be easy. And, sir... There'll be a bit of money for me when we get to Santa Fe. Why, sure, lad. But you pay for every critter you lose. Now there's the sun, and here's the horse you'll ride. Head westward. Catch up! Catch up! Horn! Ho! Kit's long journey to Santa Fe was full of excitement. Marauding Indians and great herds of buffalo crossed the caravan's path daily. At night, wolves, desperately hungry, circled the wagons. Oh, those wolves drive a tired man crazy. Uh, Broaders. Broaders. Yes, sir. Uh, Broaders, take your rifle and kill a couple of those varmints. They'll give the rest of them something to eat. Sure. Governor, rifle right here, under my blanket. What's happened, Broaders? Stang rifle exploded. I think my arm's cracked a bit. Bill, here, let me see it. Oh, cracked a bit, eh? Broaders, you'll have to cut off that arm. No, no, you won't. You ain't no doctor. But it'll be weeks before we get to Santa Fe. Poison will set in for tomorrow. You ain't going to take off my arm. Not you. Well, I, I got an idea. You know Kit Carson, that riding pool lad that's taking care of the extra stock? Sure. Nice boy. Smart, too. Oh. Well, this Kit Carson used to be a harness maker's apprentice. He's right handy with a sharp knife and a needle. Now, what say we ask him to amputate that busted arm? Kit Carson? Sure. He's strong, but he's gentle-like. He can cut off my busted arm if he's willing, but, but not you. as it was, Kit Carson's operation was a complete success, and the boy became the hero of the covered wagons. Eventually, the caravan reached Santa Fe, where Carson joined mountaineer Kincaid and proceeded with him to Taos. From Taos, Kit roamed all over the West, trapping, hunting, blazing new wilderness trails. Kit was never quarrelsome. He never hunted trouble. But he met trouble bravely when it came. 1835. A trapper's rendezvous near Bonneville Fort in Green Valley. Where's that a rap, old gal? Right behind you, Bully Shumar. Awaiting for you to propose marriage to her. Mm. Hiding away from Bully, eh? Here, here. Take a drink of this liquor. Singing grass does not like white man's fire water. Been listening to Kit Carson again, eh? <laughs> he don't like fire water either. The brave pale face of whom you speak is good man. You are bad. Mm, I see. In love with him, I suppose. I will be his squaw, if you speak. When I get through them, he'll be so full of holes he won't be able to speak. 
Get my horse, Pedro, and my rifle. Use your horse, Willie. I'll use your gun. Now then. Come on. Any one of you. Frenchman, Spaniard, Dutchman, or American. I can lick any man who'll fight me. Throw down that rifle, Bully, and get off that horse. You're drunk. Let him stay on his horse. Bully, you mean me. I'm the worst American in this camp. If I hear any more of that talk, I'll rip you apart. Go to it, kid. Go to it. you For the pretty Indian gal, maybe. Singing grass. That won't do you no good. She's mine. Somebody hold my horse while I load my pistol. All right, kid. So, now, bully, I'll fight you on your own terms. On horseback. Your rifle against my pistol. Start praying, bully, for here I come. Keep away from me, Kit Carson. Keep away. You can have the Indian gal, Kit, but keep away from me, you hear? No, my arm. Pull him off that horse. One of you made it fix up that arm. You bleed to death. Take the gun. Easy, easy now. Oh, this arm. You, Mom, you're a bully no longer. Just a bragging fool who don't know a better man when he sees one. You will speak now to Singing Grass, Master Carson. My heart's already spoken to you, Singing Grass. We marry tonight. In the lodge, the Arapaho medicine man, yonder valley. Come. Singing Grass became Kit Carson's loyal companion and willing helper. During Kit's long and arduous wanderings, Singing Grass was always at her husband's side, devoted and unselfish. But Singing Grass passed away, leaving a pretty baby daughter, Adeline, for Kit Carson to raise. With an escort of rollicking, laughing mountain men, Kit started a long journey to Missouri to place his child in a white woman's home. One night, he and his cavalcade were ambushed by a band of hostile Blackfeet. After two hours of desperate fighting... What happened, Kit? What happened to them engines? I think we licked them. See, they're riding off of that hill yonder. Maybe it's some sort of a trick. I don't think so. They'd disappear altogether if it was a trick. Hold your fire, man. Now, let's see my baby. <laughs> yeah, sure you liked it. You were born in the West, little lady. Shooting's in your blood. I can't take no more risks like this. And you're going back to Missouri and be raised up like civilized folks. Hey, Kit. Huh? Look. There's one of them engines riding towards us. Don't shoot at that rider. Let's see what he's going to do. Who, white man chief? I am. Oh, you, Kit Carson. That's right. My name, Thunder Horse. Any of my braves gone to happy hunting grounds? Oh, white braves are scouts. You, brave man, we leave you now. Mm. Will you raise your right hand in peace, Thunder Horse? Mm, always this happen. When Kit Carson leads his braves, they'll face warriors always win. Now, we go north. Well, there's another one under our belts. Well, let's get a riding. We've got a long ways to go before we reach Missouri.
When Kit returned to the white man's country, he was amazed to discover that during his 16 years' absence, the frontier had been pushed westward many miles. Adeline, his daughter, was placed in a private St. Louis home. A few days in the sprawling Mississippi River metropolis, and Kit grew restless. His heart lay back in the snow-covered western mountains, where rested the remains of singing grass. It is May. On a small river steamboat en route back to Santa Fe, Kit Carson meets the brave man and gallant soldier who was destined to chart the course of Kit's entire future life. You Mr. Christopher Carson, sir? That's me, soldier boy. Kit Carson. Lieutenant John Charles Fremont's compliments, sir. The lieutenant requests some conversation with you. Send him over. I'm always glad to talk to a gallant officer like Fremont. Very good, sir. Kit Carson? That's me. You're Fremont. Heard about you in St. Louis. Shake. Mr. Carson, your fame as an explorer and trailblazer reached my ears while I was at the source of this very river. Fame? It sounds like it's got something to do with harnesses. Fremont, I hate harnesses. Kit, the Secretary of War has ordered me to make a map of the western country and to advise the government how to aid and protect the immigrants going to Oregon. I want you to go with me. What can I do? I'm only a mountain man. Plain trapper. Beavers, mostly. You know this country, Carson. This western country. Now, this is my first command. I need a man like you. Brave, resourceful, reliable. Give the matter some thought now before you say no. I don't need to give the matter any thought. I'll go with you. But on one condition only. What's the condition? That you don't write a book about me. Seems like I can't write a trail without somebody with learning wants to write something about me. <laughs> well, kid... I won't promise not to write that book, but I will promise to send one to your little girl. Well, all right, then. Go ahead and write it. I don't know who in blazes will ever read it. Fremont did write a book, a vigorous, truthful chronicle of Kit Carson's courageous but cautious pursuit of the ever-widening American frontier a book which told the world of Christopher Carson's understanding of the deep mysteries of the mountains he so loved. Those mountains which, to the everlasting glory of the nation they both served, they conquered together. So we bid farewell to another of the great frontier fighters, Kit Carson, whose name will forever echo down the eternal corridors of time.